Hi guys, happy Friday. Welcome back to Having a Gab. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also check out our socials on Instagram and TikTok at Having a Gab so you never miss an episode. But if you want to see the shit posting, that takes place over at Gab Steel. So hello. <laughs> I feel kind of rude launching in with that intro spiel without addressing my absence for the past I was gonna say nine months but then I remembered my um my baby's almost nine months so it makes it closer to a year and a half that I have not been in your ears so I want to start by saying I have a good reason my pregnancy well I should probably start by saying little life update hee <laughs> I had a baby. Anyone who follows me on at Gab Steel or even was following at having a gab would know that. And she has been the biggest blessing in my life. And I feel like that's a cliche for a reason. Um, but so far it's been the best. Postpartum has been heaven. And I know you don't hear people say that a lot, but I'm saying it. I've had the best postpartum experience. But don't get me wrong, it's been exhausting. You know, the newborn stage was intense. I have all these newfound senses and skills as a mother. Um, a lot of them kind of rooted in anxiety and fear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great. She's eight in her eighth month now, um, which means it's less tiring in the sense that I'm sleep deprived. Don't get me wrong, I'm still sleep deprived. But it's more now that I'm like running around after her. She's into everything. Like it doesn't matter how childproof you think your house is, they will find something. And it won't be the millions of toys that you've purchased and laid out. It, it'll be anything else. Anything else you don't want them to be into. I, I'm loving it. You know, <laughs> for any moms out there who are hearing this and they're thinking like, fuck you, dude. My postpartum experience was the worst. My pregnancy was the worst. So to, to counter you with that <laughs> you know I feel like it all comes out in the wash or at least like god willing like equalizes itself and, and bounces out in some way you know for, for nine months I was suffering with with morning sickness which like let me not get into a spiel about that why is it called morning sickness well, like at least prepare us for the fact that it can potentially be 24 7 Monday to Sunday, never a day without, you know, I tried every medication, uh, everything you can think of, but nothing really, nothing worked. So nine months of nausea and vomiting and sickness and lethargy and swollen feet. Uh, I had perinatal depression. So for the good, like five months, I was super depressed like beyond I can't even tell you um it was really tough and it was even harder being on the other side of the world from my family I, I'm so lucky I have a support system in my husband's family it's it's so different to, to having a mom um there for you yeah it's very different but we may do with FaceTime apart from that it, it was tough and then I got on the right antidepressant there are some that you can take while pregnant, which is like the biggest blessing. And things got better, thankfully. 
And I, uh, I was going about to say I enjoyed the rest of my pregnancy, but I didn't. <laughs> and people keep saying, you'll forget how bad it was and you want to have another one. And I do want to have another one, but I haven't forgotten how bad it is. I'm really like praying and hoping that my next pregnancy won't be that bad, but you never know. I mean, it's really the luck of the draw. Apparently there's something to do with genders and apparently girls are notoriously difficult, but I don't know how much of that is fact and how much of that is just like a fun bit of fiction and an old wives tale. I feel like this podcast episode here is, is I, I should shout out to the listener who two years ago said to me, when I like called out, you know, what do you want me to talk about in the podcast? She was like, give us a little life update. And that was when I first moved to LA, you know, and now it's almost been like almost two years, which has been including my year and a half hiatus from the podcast. So I feel like this little life update is like a big life update. So I'm kind of going in reverse. So baby, Prior to that, it, it, it had been like that chaotic pregnancy that was terrible and, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anyone else apart from the fact that obviously, thank God, I got a blessing at the end, my beautiful baby girl who I obsessed with. I feel like I can only say that so many times in a podcast without you being like, shut up, I'm not listening anymore. <sighs> Oi. You'll understand one day, perhaps. My mother used to say that to me and she's right. So prior to that... I moved in the middle of the pandemic. Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying my pregnancy was harder than everything else that I did coming to LA. And I feel like in some ways that's my punishment. If you know, you know. Um, but, I mean, everything's relative. Maybe I've also, like, got trauma goggles on and, like, buried that shit. Because let me tell you, moving halfway across the world well really on the other side of the world the middle of a pandemic isn't easy but I did it with a lot more other shit going on too but that's a story for another day perhaps in a few years maybe a, a few tens of twenties of years maybe that'll be a memoir one day <laughs> yeah maybe not but I did that and then I was here for three months. I married my now husband. We got married in Vegas, a la Elvis. They've canceled that now. So I feel like we've got this cute little time capsule of a moment. We had um, Elvis marry us in a little chapel on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, has anyone seen the new Elvis movie? I watched it the other week. Loved, love, love. Theatrical, great music. All of the bells and whistles that Baz Luhrmann is known for, but lacking the depth that Baz Luhrmann is also known for. Yeah, a little bit depth that's sort of missed in the story there. But yeah, it feels like a big gaping hole in it for almost a three-hour film. But apart from that, stunning. Stuns. But yeah, so we, we we got into that little little gap in time before they shut that shit down. So Elvis is cancelled. They don't do him anymore in Vegas. I think licensing. Post this like epic biopic from Lerman, I feel like kind of made the Elvis team, I don't know who that is anymore, tighten the image and make it cleaner and less like kitschy, even though like, Elvis was known as the king of kitsch, really. Probably not officially, but I'm coining that right now. I mean, like Liberace, but like the Vegas version, you know? 
I was living around she was in Vegas. I saw Grace Piano at, at Resort World, so maybe it was that. Maybe it was my knowledge of, of Vegas's history. I feel like every good performer's performed there at some point. So yeah, I mean, but you you know what I mean with Elvis. It's like that glitz and but like skeezy somehow. Don't get me wrong, greatest music. I love him. Love Elves. I'm a big fan. Big fan. But yeah, the um the tightening of the image, controlling the licensing. I don't know what the deal is. This is me just purely hypothesizing. I could be completely wrong. I probably am. But anyway, we, we got in there. The point is we had an Elvis wedding. And then a few months later we had, and when I say a few months, I think it was maybe two months, maybe a month. We were in New York, caught COVID, cute, the original strain, back in there with the OG. Didn't get too sick, thankfully. We were stuck quarantined in my husband's family's apartment, which was just us two in this little, like, Manhattan-style apartment. Anyone who, like, has lived or stayed in an Airbnb, at least, in New York, knows that Manhattan apartments aren't huge. This was a white 4 by 4 basically, and I'm surprised we survived it. Not the COVID, like killing each other. I mean, we'd just gotten married. So that was the ultimate test of the marriage, but we made it through. <laughs> we made it through far worse, honestly. Um, so we we got COVID. We were there for two months. My angel of a mother-in-law planned the entire wedding with some help from family and some friends. All I did was pick my dress, approve the color, and I did the flowers. I did my own flowers for the wedding because I'm so particular about that kind of thing i love flowers hashtag virgo life so i did that but everything else she handled and and thank god for her um i bought my dress i had it sized without me there based on i don't even know i, I gotta ask her what it was based on it wasn't measurements i was just kind of like i'm a generic australian size eight which is like a us2 and yeah, I mean, it was pretty major changes to the dress too. The whole back was filled in and I came back from New York and it fit perfectly. And I was married like a few days later. Uh, we had a beautiful wedding. It was great. Super intimate. It's like a historic moment. Um, not even kidding. I look at our wedding album and people have masks on and I'm like, shit, <laughs> this is like a pandemic wedding, like officially, like really, really a pandemic wedding. Um, but that's like, it was beautiful and amazing and one of the best days of my life, but also bittersweet because, you know, given the pandemic and Australia's sort of intense lockdown, my family couldn't come out. I mean, it was, it was just an intimate RN's family and friends and, you know, a couple of my friends. Um, so yeah, lots has happened. And then two months later, I got pregnant uh mind you that wasn't planned it wasn't wasn't not planned but it wasn't planned planned so i had like a morena iud and i had it taken out and it was sort of like it'll take six months for the hormone to work its way out of your system and you know it's probably good to do it now if you plan to get uh you know get pregnant and it can take you know years even two months later two months after having it taken out i was pregnant I mean, it was it was the right time, obviously, everything in God's will, and that's how it was supposed to happen, and it did, thank God, and it was the biggest challenge to, again, not to re-emphasize, worst nine months, XO, best nine months postpartum, though. So baby happened, 
And now we've come back to the beginning. So that's my little long, it's actually pretty little. I haven't really given you like crazy detail, but in a snapshot, moved across the world. Here we are. I did like fill in a good five, six months with some group potties with, you know, what in the world, going to bring that shit back back house sessions, you know, get some guests coming on, but it's going to be predominantly solo pods for the next little while. I get like a good 15 minutes, Monday mornings, Friday mornings, and I can squeeze in a little, little app. But apart from that, I mean, listen, I haven't been the most reliable when it comes to podcast episodes. <laughs> Your favorite Blake McQueen coming at you. Um, but I'm going to really work at this. I mean, I feel like this is the time coming into my new mum era, new independent queen era, feeling myself, also feeling more at home in LA. I feel less like a foreigner. This, this feels like home. I feel like I've, I've always said this before. It takes like two years to feel like a new place is home. I felt that when I moved to Newcastle, like it took me a good two years to feel like it was home. And honestly, the year... After that, the third year felt really like I, I found my people, I found my crew, it really felt like home. And then I left. But it's taken me another two years to feel that here. I feel like it was rapid, like more rapid than like Newcastle. I found my crew earlier, but again, my husband, a lot of that's been through that, thankfully. Yeah, so hey, RM Tits. Tits is also going to come back to the pod, but that's going to take a bit of convincing. You know, I mean, how many thoughts in the shower can you have that are unique and funny? That that there is me baiting him, if he's listening to this. You can call it baiting. We can call it baiting. It's kind of baiting. Another thing that I've kind of observed in my little hiatus, because I've been, like, predominantly online as the viewer, as opposed to the XOXO content creator, I've noticed this thing called the millennial pause, and I feel like it's easy to kind of uh, delete on a podcast because you can edit out the gaps but I, I I was it was drawn to my attention by another podcast and I can't even remember which one I feel really bad because I can't shout it out but I didn't get this idea organically which after just putting shit on Aaron and his inability to think of any new tips which he has I'm not entirely being serious like give me an inch of sarcasm here that's my humor Virgo life Australian life we're sarcastic and we're dry He's brilliant. We know that. Moving on. The point is, this isn't my original thought and I'm, I'm the same. We're all the same. We're human. The millennial pause, this, this phenomena where millennials, so my generation, do this thing where when a video starts, we, we don't start talking immediately. We like pause and then start talking. And that little gap is called the millennial pause. And it's because we're used to lagging technology and the delays that, you know, we grew up with. It's not like that anymore. And I I watched it and I listened to it and I was like, shit, like I do that. That's so annoying. And it's so like exposing of age, which is fine. Like I'm not an ageist and I'm all about aging. You've heard this before on the podcast. It's like everyone gets better with age, age like a fine wine, et cetera. But it's more about like digital literacy and like aging out of that I, I've always I, I remember my brother saying to me once when I was younger one day out you know looking at my grandfather who was in his 80s looking at us using our phones which mind you was like flip phones back when this was the deal like when we had this conversation I remember him saying 
like Jed, which is what we called him, looking at us with these and us being like, what the hell? Like, my grandfather was born in like 1890 or something crazy like that. And lived through so many generations. And now he's looking at us, looking at this phone. And it's like, whoa. And he said to me, like, one day, like, this technology is going to supersede us. Like, we're not going to age with it. And we're going to be looking at our, our great-grandkids or our grandkids. Like, yo, what the fuck are they doing with this hologram? Anyway, that, like, stuck with me. And I've always thought, I don't want that to be rapid. And I don't want, I want to, like, sort of get ahead of that in some ways. Which is why I joined TikTok. <laughs> And I'm trying to force myself to be more like digitally literate. Not because I'm not, but because like I said, that shit gets ahead of you so quickly and I don't want to age out of that like too quickly. Uh, so it's, it's like, it's like maintaining your physical appearance. You can only kind of Botox so much. My mom has said this to me. Listen, like family time, my brother telling me one thing about tech, my mom about cosmetic, but she said to me, when she was here actually you know obviously i haven't had botox since i've been breastfeeding i'm gonna aim to go for the year by the way just like purely because we had a formula shortage here in america but also it's easy it's convenient it's free and it's probably like you know i I, i'm finding it easy and it's it's the best for her given that it's so easy for me and then it's just straight to milk, so I don't have to worry about like buying something extra and, and formula and running out and making bottles and sanitizing bottles and all that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna update you with my weaning journey at some point because I can tell already that's gonna be hell. But circling back from my never-ending spiel and tangents into other things, the point is, my mother said, yeah, my mum said when she was here you know, are you going to get Botox again after you finish breastfeeding? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, I actually can't wait, you know, my forehead, whatever. So we were talking about it. My mom's very pro this stuff. Not that she encourages me to do it, actually, when I first started getting it done. She was like, what, are you going to be doing this for the next 40 years? You know, she started later because it wasn't such a trendy thing when she was younger or wasn't even really a, a mainstream thing. I think it was far more expensive and there was other kind of things, whatever. It wasn't as widely accessible. But she looks great. My mom is like, you know, she had me when she was 40. So you do the math and she looks like she's in her 50s. It's incredible. So goals, hopefully the genetics, hopefully didn't get polluted by my dad. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Um, so, yeah, she was like, you know, there's only so much you can do. It's going to catch up with you eventually. We all age is basically what she said. It was like, you know, you can you can do this kind of stuff, but eventually we all age. And, you know, whatever, that's life. But, and that's kind of how I'm approaching my digital literacy. So if you notice me on the gram with my little chats to the cam, I'm really working on that millennial gap. I, I started talking straight away. It really got me thinking too. Like how true is it that technology is caught up? So I, I really tried it. I was like, I started talking immediately and it looks like there's a lag on our end when you hit play, but there isn't a, there isn't like an audio lag. So it's been tried and tested at least by me, but you know, I could be wrong. You can tell me if I am. So yeah, I'm going to go make a smoothie before this baby wakes up, but thanks for tuning in and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.